Hello and welcome to 3FPC where we talk about TV, movie, comic books and video games. I'm Dan. I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. And we first off would like to apologise for the fact that we haven't been recording as of late. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties as well as some um, personal ones as well, such yes. as moving houses and stuff. Car crashes. Car crashes, yes. That's uh, Baker's tragedy and Tom's, well, Tom. <laughs> me. I'm always me. But we have a great episode for you in store with a review of Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is actually our first review that we're going to be able to publish, theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> if everything doesn't die again, yay! Yeah, because we tried it with the X-Men before and it didn't go well. Yes, for so me. hopefully this one will go well, so we actually have a review. I think we should probably start off with uh, talking about the story. What do you guys think? Well, first of all, before we do that, I'd like to talk about the comic book wrecks. Well, there we go, we've got comic book wrecks. Oh, snap! There's a segue in this as well, so... Oh, no. So I'm going to start off by... Right, first of all, normally we get these from Room 237 in Portsmouth. I forgot to email them this week, so I'm going on ones that I've read. So, um, first up is Grayson number 2. Uh, great comic. It's about... Basically, Dick Grayson becomes a spy instead of a Nightwing. Uh, then we got Harley Quinn number 8. I'm not even sure if that's this week. I've just picked it up, but it's really good. And then the two... <laughs> I haven't read it yet, haven't looked well, at it, but it, it's really good. Uh, yeah. Well, the series is really good. And then the two segues, which we will shall use to get into the Guardians of the Galaxy, are Legendary Star-Lord number two and Rocket Raccoon number two. Rocket Raccoon is my favourite ongoing series. It has replaced Rat Queens. What? But Rat Queens is amazing. I know, but Rocket Raccoon is fucking amazing. Oh. I need to actually read it. I, I have it. I have this. Is it? Uh, it's a Stanley variant, isn't it? The cover yeah. I've got. Yeah, yeah I have Stanley. it. Just need to read it. Uh, it's <laughs> on my to read list of everything else. So, yeah. yeah. You need to do one of the bad segues. What are you doing, man? Go on. Do one of Dan's segues. <laughs> well, speaking of the Guardians of the Galaxy, let's get into the review of the film Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, Yay! sometimes I feel like there's just no point me making some form of effort. <laughs> it's always when you do it doesn't work <laughs> pretty much <laughs> oh dear so what should we start with Dan <laughs> we should start off with the story speaking of starting <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys <laughs> right so yeah the story well first of all Garnish Galaxy is made been directed by James Gunn starring Chris Pratt and so many other people um, the story revolves around, essentially, probably around Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord. But at the same time, it is a team-up movie. Um, it follows, basically, him try them trying to like do something with this orb. Or something like that. Uh, can't really think of how else to explain it. It's got this, <laughs> got this uh, power stone, as they're calling it. In the comics, they're called power gems. And this is, well, Infinity Gem, sorry, not power. This is the Infinity Gem Infinity. of... Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, um, this is the Infinity Gem of power, presumably. So, um, yeah, basically it follows them trying to sell that for money, basically, because they're <coughs> kind of outlaws. He's an asshole. Oh, Rocky kind of started out and grew as a bounty hunter. Yeah, they're bounty hunters. They're, they're, I, 
I still don't. I... Gamora is more of an assassin. Uh, Drax Which is, is quite outlawish. But Drax is just Rocket and Raccoon. They don't really say why he ever <laughs> went to prison if he's a bounty hunter. And the, the, he was shooting people. Yeah, you saw him handle the guns. To be honest, <laughs> he was no stranger to handling big fuck off weapons. Uh, they were on planet America. <laughs> guns illegal. Yeah, I felt that in this movie the story was well paced, and it there was no parts where I felt that it shouldn't have been in there. I felt everything deserved its spot in there. Nothing should have been taken out or added. I could actually have done with some stuff added, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I could think of a few things that would have been more cool. More fight scenes! <laughs> See, I liked the lack of fight scenes because what I felt is this was more of a comedy film. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to see Rocket kick more ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just love Rocket in this film so much. But we'll get into that when we talk about our characters. But um, the thing I loved about it was because we had Captain America Winter Soldier, which was very much like a spy thriller, which we saw. And then I still haven't seen it. You need to see it. It's a really good film. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I need to see it. <laughs> then. Um, we had For the Dark World, which was basically our standard fantasy action. And then we had um, this film, which is very much just a straight-up comedy <coughs> with a little bit of action. It was more of a comedy action than yeah, well, anything else. They said they wanted to take a new direction with this, that they haven't really gone on with uh, other Marvel films, didn't they? So they kind of really did that quite well. Yeah. This was my go on, Tom. Uh, I was gonna say I found myself enjoying this film more just because of all the little comedy bits that they did put in it. They really just like made fun out of everything and used the comedy like to the most for these characters. Yeah, um, it, it didn't take it itself so seriously, did it? No, definitely not. But um, yeah, I just feel like this was a breath of fresh air because we've had all these huge comic book action movies, and we're gonna get more next year with Avengers Age of Ultron and Batman vs Superman and the like so it was nice to get this <clears> break it was kind of a, a satire of the film as well because quite a lot like they would see something you would do in a normal comic book movie and they would one, tear it up a bit yeah one thing I did like was the fact that they were that confident in this film and its plot and everything that uh, they've already done that announced the sequel yeah. in the film mm -hmm. they announced it before the film even released they would release it at a comic con uh, San Diego comic con and um, yeah I think all of them have signed back on to do more so uh, but I, I really thought that this was a great film I'm so happy I off, it was the biggest risk that Marvel Studios have taken so far by because you know Captain America pretty safe for another kind of safe option. The biggest risk before this was Iron Man, because not many people knew who Iron Man was in 2008. So, I don't know what you guys think. I thought, uh, which came out off first? Daredevil or Iron Man? Uh, Daredevil came out first, but that was before they went to Disney. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I had to throw that in then I'm sorry <laughs> I, I think Daredevil was a risk and we saw how that went well Daredevil I don't think was as much a risk because he was a common character people know who Daredevil mm. is like people know who Iron Man is but people only know that because of 
the song Iron Man by Black Sabbath and they're not related <laughs> not even similar not even meant to be together but they just still use it <laughs> yeah oh dear but we- um, go on Tom I was going to say, are we going to go more into like the actual plot of the film? or Yeah, definitely. Get us started. Oh, shit. Right. Uh, well, how, how quickly. Oh, yeah. Spoilers ahead. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Because we're talking about a film that's only just come out. I, I yeah. just want to quick make a quick impact. If you've heard we're doing a review of the Guardians of the Galaxy and you didn't expect spoilers, shame on you. <laughs> it's it's yeah, just a we, courtesy. We could have just been like, oh yeah, we saw that film. It was awesome. Da 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 da. <laughs> that was it. If you've seen how long this podcast is, and you thought that that was going to be what the podcast was, <laughs> shame on you even more. <laughs> <laughs> this is what our fans have become. <laughs> Staring at our time, going, oh, oh wait, the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Okay. Ow! Oh, I just got a slap by Elastic Band. Sorry. Damn <laughs> it, man. Be more professional with your bands. <laughs> Damn Elastic Bands. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll start it off. Uh, it starts off with Peter Quill in the hospital. Just sat there, listening to some music, chilling out. Because why the fuck not? And his mum's on a deathbed. So she's surrounded by friends and family. And she calls for Quill to come in. And like, okay, I've got a present for you. But maybe not as happy. She's kind of died. I've got a present for you. Hold my hand and stuff. <laughs> and and then she she pops the clogs. That's a <laughs> very tasteful handling of that there, sir. Very tasteful. <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs> yeah, just a quick thing about that scene. I felt that straight away, it it's kind of like I've, I've recently played The Last of Us just a couple of months ago. And it starts like really heartbreakingly, and that's why I felt that this film did it starts, and it was kind of like straight away the feels were there. We will break you <laughs> and then put you back together. <laughs> that was very much the start of the film. That's pretty accurate. Actually. I thought that's the best way to give a little backstory to him as well. You know, that with what's happened with films, they're establishing them in different films. At least in this one, they've just like they've given a little backstory to him because he's going to be the main protagonist for this film. And then they they made us had feels, and then it was awesome. <laughs> At first, when I was actually watching the film, I didn't like it because I sat there and thought, "Well, you've just had that opening scene, and you've done nothing with it. You've just gone into something completely different." And then with the ending, which I don't know, are we going that far into spoilers? Uh, we will do. Yeah, uh, with with the ending, it, it then makes sense, and then you're like, "Oh, ah. see, now that's not so bad." What did oh, you just, do? I'm just wrecking the whole room. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just so excited for the ending that I kick my computer. The three FPC team, everyone. Uh, we can sit still and still injure ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm the main technical difficulty, to be honest. I think you're more than just technical difficulty. <laughs> I'm, I'm just technically troubled. That's what it is. <laughs> So yeah, after the opening sequence in the hospital, we are then uh, transported to 25 years later. I think it was 20 years or something. It was going from 90. It went from 1988 to 2014. So several years later. Yeah, Um, we then end up and Peter Quill's arriving on some moon or planet that's been deserted and destroyed. 
And we are treated to probably one is what is probably my the funniest scene in my opinion, the opening dance sequence. <laughs> he walks in, <laughs> headphones on, presses play on the Walkman, which is one of his last human possessions, and he just just get this amazing dancing as he's kicking all these little rat things sort of stuff. I, I love the fat part where he starts singing to one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, I felt it was a great use of keeping the human side to Peter Quill and then it also gave us the first bit of comedy of the film which was probably one of the greatest bits of comedy in the whole film. One thing I, I, I admired about the opening scene was the fact that already they weren't shying away from fr- showing off the CGI sort of tech that this future has the uh, helmet that he kind of just unequips and turns yeah. into two kind of headphone pieces. Mm. Uh, I sat there and went, yes, I've only just seen this for the first time ever, but I want it. I want it now. <laughs> And yeah, I've head- been saying that since the trailer. I want that mask so bad. Yeah. The helmet itself is really good. Yeah, it <laughs> looks so good. He does have to press it, a l- turn it on and off a lot, doesn't he? I, I think, think that's more to show it, though. They constantly make him press it to turn on the mask. We spent this much money on CGI for this helmet. We're going to get the most of it. <laughs> the one thing you might not have actually noticed, but if you look, the sets that they were on were actual sets. They weren't green screens like. Uh, CGI the actual stuff he was walking on and all the surroundings was actually real sets that they had made personally mm. which I thought was great I thought it was great set design throughout the whole entire film all the mm-hmm. real life stuff was great yeah his boots were real as well you know they just <laughs> flew across from here to there it took okay, him months of training <laughs> I want them I want the mask I want, I want, a, I want a rat creature I want to be Star Lord. Yeah, I want to cosplay as Star Lord. <laughs> I want to be Star Lord, man. Uh, that just reminds we can't me. Can't all be Star Lord. Dibs. Uh, I'll, I'll go Rocket. Fuck. <laughs> you can go I Gamora. Am Groot. <laughs> no, I am Groot. No, you're Gamora. I'm fucking Groot. <laughs> we. <laughs> you could be Drax. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no, no, you know what? Gamora is. I think I, I think Gamora better. <laughs> But yeah, so we get this opening scene with the dance, and then what happens in the next? The orb, we get this very Raiders of the Lost Ark, not Raiders, um, is it Raiders or Temple of Doom with the boulder? Can't remember, I think it's Temple. Temple. Indiana Jones with the boulder, you you see that bit, he's crouching in front of the orb, and he takes it, and then all, all this stuff goes to shit. Except for a giant boulder falling at him, a black guy starts shooting at him. Racist. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember his name. I'm I can't either, to be honest. He wasn't really established. Yeah, he was that guy. He was kind of like the head henchman. Yeah. He was like the cursed in For the Dark World. We'll call him Token. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the racist one. <laughs> oh dear. But what happened next? The Peter's Quill escapes. And uh, we get transport to... Uh, I can't remember the name of the planet. Xandar. Xandar, that's the one. You are welcome. So that's the only input I will have in this whole film. <laughs> <laughs> that planet name. It's alright, we'll call upon you later. Oh. <laughs> this is where we start getting the characters established. So we get... First we meet... Well, before that we kind of get this little bit on... Um, 
what's his name Ronan Ship yeah you see Ronan yeah. come out of the bath or whatever he was doing yeah and start getting painted in all his shit and grabbing his hammer was it was he supposed to be asleep or was he in some kind of weird cocoon bath thing I, I was trying to work that out I don't quite know <laughs> I don't know either but I just don't got a clue he was just kind of there in that time we are quickly introduced to our main villain Ronan the accuser um, we also get a bit of Nebula who was the blue girl and then we get our one of our heroes Gamora who then appears on Xander which is where we were just about to go to when I realised my mistake people take over for me well they get to Xander well he gets to Xander and uh, Peter is going to his broker office where he wants to claim the reward for stealing this item and then he kind of name drops the fact that some of Ronan's men were after him and the broker himself kind of freaks out and he's like oh my god not Ronan and then Star-Lord's like well what's who is this Ronan character because obviously at this point he doesn't know and then the bloke kind of drops the bombshell when he goes he kind of tried to murder all of my people yeah he kind of has something against every fucking person on Xandar he just wants to blow up Xandar he has he has his thing against the Kree Treaty. The Kree are an empire mm. for, in the Marvel Cosmic Universe, who um, most famously is one of the Kree. He's Miss Marvel. So this film could open up a Miss Marvel film, maybe, at some point. I was thinking that as we were watching it, to be honest. I had to explain every little thing to my girlfriend, though, because when it mentioned the Kree, I was like, that's how Miss Marvel got her powers. <laughs> so, yeah. So also, I think, I think how Spider-Woman got hers. I think she's crazy. I think so. I'm not sure about Spider-Woman. Not I not. know very little about Spider-Woman. Not oh, many people do. I know, I know she's part spider and part woman. I don't think she's part spider. I don't think she's part spider either. Well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most spider about her is her like, webby armpits. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most spider she has in her. <laughs> Uh, oh. I feel like we've missed something out, and that's Yondu, the uh, leader of the Ravagers. Because he, uh, Peter Quill is meant to meet with Yondu. Well, take the orb to Yondu for the broker. So Peter Quill's working for Yondu as like a, what, a secondary party, I guess? Yeah. So, wow, the look on your guys' faces right now, just confusion everywhere. I'm trying to remember Confusion or ADHD? Michael Rooker's character. Michael Rooker's Yondu, yeah. Yeah, with the great weapon, which we'll get into later. Oh, it's awesome. Imagine if he couldn't, like, whistle, though. Look at that shittest thing ever. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, Peter Quill's kind of doing this all against uh, Michael Rooker's Yondu character, like, again, like going against Yondu in order to take the money for himself because he risked his ass to get it. He wants the money for it. But he doesn't know exactly how much it's worth or anything like that. In all fairness, it is revealed that he was supposed to wait for Yondu and his men. Yeah. Rather than go in by himself. Yeah, but he's a Star-Lord. <laughs> he's Star-Lord, man. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Star-Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, also whilst we're on uh, 
Yeah. And are oh, we get introduced to the two, probably the two best characters, two of the best characters. Like, all the characters are great, but Star-Lord and Rocket and Groot were my favourites in this film. So, we get introduced to Rocket and Groot. And uh, Groot is drinking from a fountain or something. Yeah, yeah, he is drinking from a fountain and getting told off. And Rocket's looking for bounties. Because they're bounty hunters. Yeah. And we get our Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Where he's touching yep. up a, a female. He was talking to a fi- I don't know about touching her up. That sounds more Rocket than PG rated. Well, we only saw the top half of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rocket does make the comment of calling him a dirty old man. Uh, yeah, but to be fair... I think it was implied he was touching him up. Okay, then. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, Let's carry on. Let's just putting, move it on. You're putting weird things in my head, and that's kind of no. What, Stanley with a red girl? No. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Please, moving on. We did miss something there. The red girl left in a Star Lord ship that you forgot about. Oh, God, that was <laughs> Oh, <weird>. yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to go in that much detail. Now, that was supposed... No, that's actually supposed to be a character. I just can't remember her name. So, Background no, character nobody number can. 45. Yeah, we'll go there with that we go. So, yeah, we get this Space fight specific. sequence between Gamora, Star Lord, and then a little bit of Rocket and Groot. Background character 45 has at this point left the ship and has probably gone to some cafe or something to reevaluate her life. <laughs> yes. And then basically they all get arrested and we meet John C. Riley's character who is basically there to, to do two jokes and that's it really. Well, he is. There's not really much more he could have done. But no, he had his part in the film at some points. <laughs> But, um, yeah, then they all get sent to prison where we get one of the next funnier scenes, which was both... Right, first of all, there's this scene where Groot um, picks someone up by their nose. Oh, yeah. The voice of that character was Nathan Fillion. What? Yeah, that that, that was Nathan Fillion doing the voice. I didn't even realise... Damn it. I didn't notice. I'm it's sorry. my prison bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you Did know. you feel like that prison felt a bit gang rapey with the fact that they were all sleeping in that massive I love the fact the that they all had their arms over one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that wouldn't happen in today's world in the prison, would it? <laughs> Depends which prison you go to. It would on Xander. <laughs> no, even here it depends which prison you go to. <laughs> I, I, I think in the prisons around here you're going to have some more yeah. issues. We're back. Goddamn technical stuff. We're back, hello. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about prison rape. Uh, it would on Xander. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to cut a few things out of this episode. I have no idea what happened. I'll let it out. Right, um, so they're in prison, then they uh, we get our introduction slightly of Drax, which was one that, another one of the funny scenes where he's got that knife, he takes the knife off the other prisoner, and after they let Gamora go, because it turns out Gamora's trying to go against Ronan and Thanos and use whatever's in the orb to go against them and beat them. Uh, Drax just goes, I like your knife. I am keeping it. And just walks away. 
Um, that was my favourite knife. <laughs> <laughs> but we get this thing of Drax doesn't understand metaphors or anything like that. There's a bit where he his race slices doesn't. against his throat and he's like, what is that? Why would I point my finger at my throat or something? <laughs> and he's like, no, kill it. And he's like, you know what I mean. He's like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this is this just got awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, so it turns out that Drax's race doesn't understand a sick fucking metaphor. Goes over his head, but not because his reflexes are too fast. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are so fast, I catch it. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they they sort out a prison break, uh, which Groot fucks up entirely. Yeah, <laughs> we should definitely get this. Part last. Part <laughs> <laughs> first. I just love it. It's just like, yeah, I need that guy's leg. So he goes and gets the leg. And he's like, you actually got the leg. I didn't need it. And then he tries it again later, Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> I need that guy's right eye. <laughs> he doesn't need the right eye. Get it, dude. It's brilliant. And it's <laughs> crucial. <laughs> but, yeah. Then, um... Oh, it should be pointed out, um, they were orig- uh, Groot and Rocket were kind of protecting Peter Quill because uh, they wanted the bounty on him for 40,000 credits. However, changed their mind when they discovered that they could get about a billion credits each if they simply... Uh, decided to go with the orb selling the orb plan rather than turning in the bounty plan so that's why they're now kind of helping them escape in such a way yeah so basically and what they decide with Gamora is that with the orb they can sell it for 4 billion units Mm. so they want to sell it to her contact who turns out because we head to nowhere which is a giant celestial head which is something from the comics they head to nowhere, which in the comics is actually the base of the Guardians, but um, turns out that like that's just where the Collector is. And so, yeah, the Collector, who some people might know from the post-credit scene of For the Dark World, uh, is there, and he unlocks it, and we get our first look at this Infinity Gem, or in the film, as it's known, Infinity Stone, and. Uh, so this um, the collector's room was apparently full of Easter eggs. We got uh, Cosmo, who is the dog in the spacesuit, who in the comic book universe is he's actually more of like I think he's a talking dog. Um, he's supposed to be like the dog that we sent into space as a human race and then um, never came back. We left him up there for dead or something, and that's basically who Cosmo is. Then. We're supposed to have seen Adam Warlock, who is one of the um, Guardians of the Galaxy from later. And then there's apparently a whole heap of other Easter eggs, which I can't really remember that well. I wish I would have paid attention now. I was typically just watching the film. I wish I would have actually paid attention to the boxes. To be honest, I had to look up um, what they were. Oh, there was a Dark Elf as one of them from For the Dark World. And apparently there was Shari from the Avengers in one of them. Right. So, but yeah, I had to look up like I was I, where I listened to another podcast. They found the stuff. So. So I basically, just, basically, we're useless and <laughs> we just watch the film. Yeah. Without paying attention to it. Yeah. Nice. Thumbs up for us. 
<laughs> That's the basics of it. In my defence, I did not know I was going to be reviewing anything. Yeah, no, nor did I really. I didn't expect you two to see the film for a while. <laughs> you know, just based on history. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of thinking that I was going to end up waiting until it was a DVD release. That's <laughs> <laughs> just my luck. Yeah, so... Uh, the collector's assistant then decides to make the biggest mistake of her fucking life and grab the power gem, which is too much for one person to handle. Infinity gem. Infinity gem. It's the infinity gem of power. The gem of power! So, <laughs> that turns out to be the biggest mistake she's ever made by blowing everything and everyone up. Including her insides. <laughs> <laughs> She explodes you like know, a... Considering <laughs> she blew herself up, I'm surprised there wasn't more, I don't know, guts <laughs> everywhere. I'm it was kind all of kind of just rocks. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that analogy wasn't finished. She blew up like a considering. <laughs> hey, it's probably best we leave it like that. <laughs> oh dear. Just an arm there. <laughs> So yeah, the, the team decide that this um, Infinity Stone is too uh, powerful for any one person to have, so they try to give it over to the Nova Corps, which is when Drax makes his mistake of the film and messages Ronan, sends him a text <laughs> saying, hey, we're in nowhere if you want to come have a fight. So <laughs> tweets Ronan. <laughs> Hashtag gonna die hashtag we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> then um, I'm not sure if this happened before or after but we get to see Thanos at some point we did I think yes. by this point we've already seen him haven't we I can't remember I think it was in between yeah. the transition of no uh, prison break because then all of a sudden you no, see no. Them. no 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 well we saw a bit of Thanos but we saw him properly after Ronan got the stone Oh, yeah. Ah, okay, well, we'll get to that because I, I got some comments. No, we fans. saw it. Well, yeah, no, we didn't. We, we, we all were on a big screen or something, didn't we? We, we? You see him sitting behind a chair. Yeah. Do you think that chair's just like he just sits on it everywhere he goes? Like you know, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> a bit less like Stephen Hawking, a more like a lazy guy. <laughs> oh, Professor X, okay. <laughs> <laughs> got you. <laughs> So, yeah, they basically make the decision to take this stone to the Nova Corps, but start getting in a fight. Uh, Drax gets his arse handed to him, considerably, yep. by Ronan the Accuser. Um, what's his name? Star-Lord decides to save Gamora, who has the stone and gets blown up into space, so he saves her with his awesome mask. Because he won't get laid. <laughs> uh, Rocket is helping out in the battle. What's Groot doing in this? Groot was kind of picking up uh, Drax's ass out of the goop. Because yeah. he couldn't fit in a pod. He couldn't fit in the pod, so he was just left behind to be a tree. <laughs> well, in the comics, Groot can actually shrink himself down. Yeah, well, they decided to let him photosynthesize a bit. <laughs> he does that. He does that on nowhere, doesn't he? He, he sprouts that little flower that he gives to that little girl. Yeah. Oh, he's so then, pretty. 
and then regretted it when he realised that she'd stolen half his bark. <laughs> <laughs> Damn those bark thieves. <laughs> right, so after that, somebody, I can't remember. Uh, Yondu. Yondu picks up Gamora and Star-Lord in space. Because he's... Uh, oh yeah, because basically, Star-Lord gives away their location to get picked up by Yondu. And he's like, well... If you want your stone, you have to help us, really, because well, we don't have it. <laughs> Ronan <laughs> does. So that happens. Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> then uh, Rocket's over with uh, Drax and Groot being like, ah, he's an idiot. Uh, we, I know we've got to go. We can't go save him. We've got to get to the other side of the galaxy, etc., etc. Yeah, then they try to rescue... Star-Lord and Gamora. By blowing them up. Oh, yeah, by, <laughs> yeah. by threatening to blow them up. Which, uh, then, basically this is when their team becomes a team. This is when they form. They come up with a plan on how to get the stone back because Ronan has now Im- embedded the Infinity Gem into his hammer, turned his back on the deal with Thanos, and what I want to say about Thanos is he needs chubbier cheeks. He just seemed too thin. Thinos. <laughs> Thinos. <laughs> you know, you expect him to be huge and massive. And yeah, well, you only saw him sitting in a chair and he probably will be by the time he arrives in the Avengers universe, like a film. But I just felt like he wasn't imposing enough. Well, it's fan service. Everyone has to look attractive. <laughs> yeah, girls look at Drax. Might, yeah, girls might not have as many crushes on Thanos if he's overweight. Obviously. How do you explain like Groot then? <laughs> he has to be attractive. He's a giant. Groot's tree. adorable. Rockets, <laughs> no, Rockets adorable. Groot is just Groot. Groot could do things to you you wish you could. He could stick twigs up my nose. He could. I don't know. He could stick them elsewhere. Up Give, elsewhere as well, mate. No, trust me. no, no. <laughs> And welcome to why this is an 18-rated show. <laughs> I don't want to live on this earth anymore. I want to go to Xandar. I to Xandar. So what happens after that? I forgot. I've completely um, forgotten this film at this point. Ronan, we saw it like a couple of days ago. Yeah. I think Ronan starts trying, like moving forward to attack Xandar. So um, the Guardians then call the Nova Corps to tell them and they all start coming up with a plan and we get this great scene where it's like this all hope is lost moment of them all standing in a circle and Chris Pratt is doing his uh, best to get everyone back hyped and happy and stuff by and he's just like um, will you fight with me and everyone goes yes and then this great line that was I heard it was actually ad-libbed by the guy doing the motion capture for Rocket um the, the way they all stand up and he goes are you happy now we're all we're all standing up in the circle we all look like a bunch of arseholes or whatever <laughs> there are five jackasses standing in a circle yeah brilliant line and it was completely uh, improvised on the spot it works um, I like it yeah it worked for the character as well mm-hmm. and then we also get that half of a plan joke which we get on the trailer with the laugh oh, yeah, it's laugh 12% of a plan <laughs> it's real it's the most real laugh I've ever done see it's better than 11% what do you mean it's better than 11% <laughs> see Groot knows what he's talking about I am Groot <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, then we get into probably the action part of the film. Because the film has been very comedic with a slight bit of action up to this point. This is just where it pretty much became action with the comedic side added to that instead. Where, first of all, they get... Um, the Nova Corps kind of set up some net with their ships to stop the big ship getting through. Ronan ship. Um, the other... I think it... Who is it? It's Groot, Drax, Gamora and uh, the other one. Uh, Star-Lord <laughs> Star-Lord are on the ship and they've all got their plan to like Gamora's going to take down the doors and then but she gets into her one-on-one fight with Nebula who is basically her like her stepsister kind of thing that they both love and hate each other kind of if you know what I mean it's a sibling rivalry you know what I thought of when I saw Nebula and I don't know if Tom's played Mass Effect yes yeah. I, Did uh, you kind of get uh, this kind of vibe from uh, Nebula that she was the sort of offspring between an Asari <laughs> and Eva from Mass Effect 2? Computer AI, blue tentacles. Oh god, no. <laughs> but whilst we're on the ship, we get probably the funniest death sequence I've ever seen. With Groot, he just puts his like oh, arm yeah. through about five guards and just starts smashing them against the walls and the ceiling and the floor. And then just to top it off, he just turns around and smiles. The most adorable <laughs> little. You can't be mad at me. <laughs> Smile. I did it to help you guys. I'm mad at them. Groot, do good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you basically get this big action scene uh, where they think they've blown up Ronan, the accuser, but they haven't. The whole, the ship crash lands because they burst through the um, thing of the Nova Corps shield. Bit shocked we didn't actually get to see Nova, but James Gunn, the director, has come out and said that he doesn't like Nova's helmet. He thinks it's stupid. Uh, Alright. A lot of people actually thought that Nathan Fillion would be playing the role of Nova, but turns out he wasn't. I don't. I think they'll they'll do the same with like what they did with Chris Pratt. They get someone just young and muscular to do Nova. I'm pretty yeah. darn sure. Yeah, I, I, I love Nathan Fillion, and I, I would have liked to see him as Nova just because I love Nathan Fillion. But I don't think he could play it now. He's getting on a bit. Yeah, I agree. I think he's. I think he's too much of a TV actor as well. Like, he's done some good films, but yeah. I, I feel like we all know him as these TV characters that it would be hard for him to play another character. It's like getting someone like um, Neil Patrick Harris to play Nightwing. You'd just be sitting and thinking it's Barney Stinson the whole time instead of it's Nightwing. And if yeah. he wore a suit. <laughs> he lives with Bruce Wayne. Of course he wears a suit. <laughs> but, yeah, so we get the big action scene. The ship crash lands. Uh... Everyone thinks Ronan's dead, but then Ronan pops out of the ship still. And we get our... I, I just want to stop you there. I mean, you, get, you also get the scene where, obviously, Groot dies. Oh, yeah. The comet dies. Did you feel like there was a lot of noble sacrifices in this part of the film? I feel like there was a lot of unnecessary sacrifices. Who the hell sits there and goes, I'm going to design a ship, but I'm going to make it link into other, into, like, other ships so that we can make a giant net... Because that's what that's what we need in this day and age is a giant human net. <laughs> we oh. can't just settle for a normal 
maybe giant cannon sort of net. That that would be too far fetched. Yeah, We've I'm got kind to have of humans. I'm kind of thinking that Roman didn't think it through. You know, when uh, he had this giant ship to go and attack Xandar. Right, but most of the Nova Corps was like wiped out just by that ship getting through the net. If he had like an extra ship that he was on, he'd be able to like touch down on Earth so easily with no crashes. <laughs> I've just blown a hole straight in his strategy. What an idiot! But no, the reason I brought up Groot's death is because and this kind of annoyed me because right at the very end, the exclusive I am Groot becomes we are Groot. That was annoyed like, me a lot. I was just like, yeah. no, you've done what everyone does. That's so cliche. Is, oh, they only say one thing. Oh, look, they've changed it at the very end slightly. They've changed it from an I to a we. It was just, it, that really did annoy me. It was just like, no, he only says this one line for a reason. And changing, yeah, gives you this heartwarming moment. But it isn't what, it, it's not true to the character. I cut it thoroughly annoyed me but carry on but yeah I thought there was a lot of noble sacrifices in this part because we had Rocket crashed his ship into Ronan's didn't he <laughs> then Groot's <laughs> face yeah. <laughs> yeah then we had Groot then gave his life so everyone could land and then somehow at, yeah somehow land encased by a hedge that seems safe hey yeah. hey 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 Assassin's Creed Hey, 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 yeah. would like to point out at the time that he made this kind of giant ball of twigs to protect them, there was fire all around them in different assortment places. And I sat there and went, hmm, twigs and fire, and they're closed off inside. I don't see anything wrong with this whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they'll just die before impact. He's, he's uh, sacrificing them all so they don't have a painful crash death. They just burn alive instead. <laughs> right, quick question. Did either of you believe that Groot was actually dead? Not oh, for a second. Good. Slightly. Even if you hadn't read the comics, you had to know that he was I haven't dead. read the comics, and at the time I didn't know there was a sequel, and I still didn't believe he was dead. <laughs> nope. It was just too obvious. It was just because um, when I was in the cinema... Some woman went past me whilst I was waiting for the post-credit scene and just went, I'm so happy Groot survived. It's like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. But, yeah, the next level of sacrifice was kind of like the end sequence. It was, they got the Infinity Gem off of Ronan's hammer thanks to Star-Lord's brilliant, brilliant distraction. That was an amazing distraction. Yeah, he just distraction. dancing like Jackson or something. The reason I thought it was so brilliant is because it was something I could really kind of relate to. It's like, if that was me, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> but Oh, something we missed out was uh, Yondu actually using his weapon. Oh, uh, yeah. The whistling arrow. Now, in the comics, what happens is um, Yondu can fire... He fires his arrow from a bow and then he can whistle and change his direction they slightly took some artistic lines with this by saying whistling activates it and then stuff but fuck me don't you want one of those now of course I do I Would can't you? whistle but yes <laughs> you'd be the guy who's just whistling and just rattles around on the floor <laughs> spinning in a circle <laughs> oh god I'm that lame kid from Harry Potter that couldn't get off the broom <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get off the broom <laughs> couldn't get on the broom <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember that character when they're all sitting there going up 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 and it smacks him in the face. <laughs> I'm going to assume Neville. 
I would assume Neville. <laughs> I'm going to assume that. I'd that really film came out when we were like more. 11. Mm. So, well, back to Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want one of those arrows. But anyway. Um, I want one if it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just going to sit in a holster on the side and me just going. No, no, it's not working. Then, then I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> Why did I pay 20 quid for this twig? <laughs> yeah, this fucking pointy whistle-activated twig. I would just like to point out, I went home and whistled to my arrows. They did not move, so I wouldn't get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want some YouTube science guy to try and make one of those now. Because you know that people are trying it already. Right now I'm thinking about the theory behind it that's going to keep me up all night. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, got this end scene where the, they get the Infinity Gem off of Ronan's hammer and um, Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord, is, grabs it and he's taking the full brunt of the force, but it's established early in the film that no one person can handle the full brunt of it in that way. So then we get this very... <laughs> I'm going to say overacted scene. I'm going to say giant loophole. No one person can handle it. So get your friends and all hold hands. <laughs> it, sh- it shares the power. But I felt this scene was quite overacted because it was the whole in slow motion, everyone grab onto each other and stuff like that. And especially Drax, I felt that his grab was so overacted. It was so slow motion, must grab now. And he was on par with Dave Bautista's wrestling performances, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh, he went there. Um, but, um, I didn't get the point of raccoon grabbing, Rocket Raccoon. He was just like, he grabbed it and it looked like nothing happened. And he's like, uh, this, considering he's a raccoon anyway, I, I just thought he would just like blow up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been depressing and yet so funny. He just grabs it and just goes, poof. <laughs> I've got your pit <laughs> like a right like a pigeon that's eating some rice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically they defeat Ronan, then it's uh, Rocket's getting a bit upset because Groot is dead. He's just holding loads of twigs and I'm sitting there like wanting to shout at the screen. It's like it's Groot, just take a twig with you <laughs> Which he does. You know, uh, about that though, where the fuck did he get that plant pot? Well, there's actually, if you go back, before the battle, John C. Riley's character has a lot of plants. So, I think there was a cut-out scene there of John C. Riley giving uh, Rocket a plant pot or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You want soil as well, that'll cost you extra. <laughs> well, we're talking about growing a human life here. I mean, <laughs> human no life? Human a Grootish life here. It doesn't come to <laughs> I don't fucking know what race he is. He's a Groot. Fair enough. So basically, it all ends all happy, lucky. Uh, Thanos is still there. Drax makes this comic because in this film, Drax has been saying that Ronan's the one who killed his family, whereas in the comics, Thanos is the one who kills his family. So they go with the story of right now I've beaten Ronan, but Thanos was Thanos was the one who was pulling the strings. So now I'm going to kill Thanos, which is more accurate to the comics, which sets up the sequel, somewhat. And yeah, then we get this credit scene, not the post-credit scene. We get the credit scene of Drax is sitting there sharpening his knives or something, and uh, got Baby Groot. 
just dancing away, having the time of his life. Uh, it's the best scene ever, to be honest. <laughs> just group, baby group dancing to the Jackson 5. Uh, and then... We'll to music a bit later. <laughs> yeah. And then we get our post-credits scene, which, uh, Tom, I think you, do you want to cover the post-credits scene? <laughs> <laughs> okay, basically the post-credits scene, it goes back to, like, the collector's room with all of the different containers smashed and him sitting there, you know, like, having a cocktail, because why not? So uh, Cosmo's, like, walks in, licks his face and that, and you hear a voice in the background. Now, I can't remember what is said. But then, Why'd you let him lick you like that? Is that what he says? Something like that. I don't know, I was too busy just like... <gasps> but anyway, the scene after that changes to Howard the Duck on a little canister in his little suit and his little gimpy face also drinking a cocktail and I fucking jizzed out of my eyes. It was amazing. <laughs> I just sat there and thought, oh my god, they made Howard the Duck adorable. <laughs> I was just like, Howard the Duck? Oh my god. <laughs> Do you think mm. Howard the Duck's getting his own movie? I probably fucking not. hope so. Probably no, he'll not. probably get a cameo. After like the travesty that was like the last film, which I love. <laughs> so How he'll probably do you just love give it. Because it's so fucking bad. It's, it's an what? ordeal to watch. It's got <laughs> duck tits in the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what you guys look up when I'm not here. Duck tits. <laughs> duck boobs. <laughs> See, so, oh, yeah. Duck. Have you guys um, heard of the great How the Duck Switcheroo? No. Do you want to hear it? Go oh. for it. Right, uh, you're gonna have to bear with me. I actually stole this off the other podcast as well. God damn thief! Okay, right. go. Basically, right, How the Duck was created, I think, in the seventies. Well, by a guy who I think his name is Steve Gruber, and he was created for Marvel. And now during this era in Marvel that if you created a character for them, Marvel owned that character, not the creator. So, uh, Steve Gruber got into a massive argument with the guys at Marvel when he left. He wanted to have the claim for the character, which they do now do, thanks to some licensing or something. Now, um, so, when it ended up in the lawsuit, and Marvel managed to keep Howard the Duck, which is why we ended up with that Howard the Duck film. And... um, but also what happened was when Steve Gruber left he moved to Image Comics and he created another character called uh, Destroyer Duck which is basically right. how the duck meets Rocket Raccoon okay. so, so um, a couple of years later I think it was about 2007 um, the guys from Marvel approached Steve Gruber again and said do you want to do another how the duck, duck story and he went, not really. Then Image Comics approached him and said, do you want to do a, a Destroyer Duck series with another Image character whose name escapes me? And this is when Steve Gruber got a little plan in his head. And he went, I will do both these issues if I can cross them over. So Marvel and Image had a crossover issue. <laughs> now, in the end, both of them end in a warehouse where the villain, whose name, and I'm not shooting you, this is the name of the villain, Elf with a Gun... That's his name, Elf right. with a gun. Clones Howard the Duck hundreds of times. And then when they separate and they beat Elf with a gun and all the clones are gone, the team up on, on the Marvel side is Howard the Duck and Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes back to the Marvel Universe with Howard the Duck. And then uh, the, whoever the image character is go and Destroyer Duck go back to the Image Universe. 
Now, what happened is, when in the writing, there's an extra few panels in the Image comic where the Destroyer Duck turns to the other character and says, this is the real Howard the Duck, and what they've taken with them is a clone. Huh. So what he's done <laughs> is the, the Spider-Man, the Howard the Duck in the Marvel Universe is a clone of Howard the Duck, and the real Howard the Duck is in the Image Universe, and then the bloke who created him, Steve Gruber, died. So they can't get him back. <laughs> the real Howard the Duck in the Marvel Universe is not Howard the Duck. And well, that's, that's the, a bit of a burger, really, isn't it? <laughs> and that's a great Howard the Duck switcheroo. <laughs> I heard something about George Lucas where Howard the Duck was concerned. George Lucas, that he was the guy who made the Howard the Duck film movie. It cost. It came out the same year as Return of the Jedi and cost more. It costs right. more to make than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Not gonna, How? I, I have no idea. Because duck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a duck. Is that Doc Christie Malone? That's what it was. Uh, it's, it's just George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, should we start talking about the characters a bit of the film? Uh, uh, go for it. Right. I'll just say, what, you give me your impression. Star-Lord. Star-Lord. I found him very relatable. He's very much like me. He's awesome. <laughs> I love him. And he's very, very attractive for a man. Very, very, much like, very much like you if you were like an outer space outlaw. Yeah. I, I found his decision. That was everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of what you are. Yeah. <laughs> he was what I would be if I could be. Slash my decisions are the same as his. Right. Tom, Star-Lord? Funny. He was awesome. He was definitely... Uh, he added so much to the film and I'm glad he was like the main protagonist it was awesome to me he was a very Han Solo like character yeah I got a lot of Star Wars influence throughout this film so to say he was a Han Solo like character is to me a compliment to the character itself whilst not being exactly like Han Solo you could see the influence in it so right next guys Gamora Mm. Uh. <laughs> Somebody else can go first. Um, badass bitch comes to mind. <laughs> I will I'm a warrior. That. I don't dance. Yeah. Oh, we missed the Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh my god, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> uh, now sorry. I'm gonna be singing that again. Oh. <laughs> we just like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> right now, I, I liked Kamora as well. Same thing as you. Uh, one that I find quite contra- like I wasn't that keen on personally is Drax. What about you? I thought Drax was all right. I don't see what all the kind of fuss is about. I think he acted it perfectly fine, and I think the character himself added some added a nice little touch to everything else going on. See, I don't think Drax added much. I mean, he had a few good bits, but the rest he was just like there. He's more of like a, a prop with a voice, even more than like Groot. So that, that's how I feel with him. High five. <laughs> be fair, can you really say much different about Groot if that's the case? Groot had more comedy and he was the prop for Rocket, so yeah. <laughs> Groot had someone to play off of with Rocket, whereas Drax had very little. Because it's a five man team, yeah, Gamora and Star Lord who were acting off of each other. Then you had the two CG characters actually off each other, and it kind of just left Drax as the extra. 
He needed a friend. Yeah. He's <laughs> gonna get. He will. I think that in the new movie, Drax might get a bigger, better part of it. But this was more establishing the characters we like. So, well, seeing as we just spoke about group, then that only leaves one more hero to talk about, and that is Rocket. Amazing. I don't think anyone is ever going to say a bad word about Rocket in any universe ever. <laughs> you physically can say a bad word about Rocket. It was just done so well. It was just funny and awesome. <laughs> Rocket was my favourite character in the film. What's a raccoon? <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, what I've liked about Rocket was that whilst he was this funny, badass character, he also had that emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. when he was drunk and it was something different from the rec- from his character we see elsewhere so now the, another question for you guys what did you guys think to the villain Ronan the Accuser sort yeah. of overdone I think so many especially when you've got some characters that to be honest had some kind of original concepts to them um, you got this monotonous villain that's been in every kind of movie ever I thought thought Ronan himself was kind of a letdown the one thing that really annoys me and every villain in every film always does it is he was quite happily just stood on like the planet and he had his chance because the the hammer just needed to touch the planet and he had his chance and he was like you know what no I'm going to stand here I'm going to mock you guys and uh, I'm gonna li- I'm gonna give you a chance to take this stone off me. And he I'm just... gonna monologue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there I was, stood there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save this moment. So I think uh... <laughs> I think they just used him like. Uh, Excuse me a moment. Just... I need to take a selfie. <laughs> 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 just blowing up Xandar. <laughs> See, I thought was well acted by Lee Pace. Like the f- I thought. It was acted really well. I just felt that because we've just had Loki who stole the show completely with the Avengers movie, that we need a villain who's like capable of getting closer to that, not matching it because the bar is so high, but he needs to be able to do something. And I just felt that he made no impact past this film, like. In a, when we, the next film comes out, you'll forget that he was even the villain of this film, much like we have with uh, Malekith <laughs> with um, For the Dark World. Can you tell me what his motivation really was? No. He, uh, he, uh, he was angry about a thing. That, sounds, that thing. sounds just like Ronan the Accuser. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, uh, last bit to talk about the soundtrack. There is actually a song that I felt was missing from this from the soundtrack okay. and I, I want to see if you guys uh, agree with me it's uh, I've got a feeling I've got a feeling yeah that I feel like that should have been somewhere in the film like I got a feeling <laughs> why well the problem with having that in there is the music is from the 1988 which is when he left the earth Yes. So having the black eyed peas in there, yes. I think that might be. I don't give a, a crap. Bad. <laughs> she gave him a second mixtape. It could have been on there. 
1988. She had magical. She tapped a celestial being. You're telling me she can't get the black eyed bees? Oh God! <laughs> Which no, brings no me on to another point. Did oh, she fuck. get her illness from tapping the celestial being? No, <laughs> because they did say about power radiating from him. <laughs> well, that actually brings us onto the point of its impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, what the celestial beings put you on your deathbed if you well, have sex with them? <laughs> Yeah, it brings me on to the fact that it means that we get, we know we're getting a sequel, and we know pretty much now for certain it's going to involve Star Lord's dad, who in the comic is basically space royalty. Right. And yeah. do you guys see a future crossover with the Avengers with these two teams? No. Uh, it's possible, but I don't think it'll be done. I don't think it'll be done at all. I think it will. I think it's the too third, much of a stretch. I think the third film where it's going to be Thanos. Both teams are going to be attacking Thanos, and it can be done. One can handle it from the gal- g- galaxy base, one can handle it from Earth. And then there'll just be Thor in the middle, like, I'm going to go in between both. <laughs> it's, you know, in the collector's room or something, when they were actually like examining the Infinity Stone, it was like there were nine different universes or something. At some point, these Guardians are going to have to get to the right one, and then find the right people in this whole universe. I don't know. I just, I think it's a possibility we should not rule out. I think for the fact that they already stated that they wanted this to be standalone from everything that was going on, that should be a clear enough indicator that it's not going to cross over. I'm, I'm going to stick with my point of don't rule it out. But I don't. I don't want it to happen. I don't. No, I, I don't. don't. I don't. I, I'd rather it not happen. But if it does happen, I could live with it. <laughs> I could bear it if it happens, but don't. so guys overall ratings out of 10 I'm going to give it an 8 I I will give it I will also give it an 8 actually I'm going to give it a 9 actually I feel like I should give it a 9 thinking about it there's no there wasn't really a bad scene in that film I agree the only thing I could criticise about that film was the villain and a little bit of Drax yeah, See, I, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I knew I wanted to give it an eight. I just didn't really know why. And then I sat there and thought that we are Groot kind of brings <laughs> it down at one by itself. And also because although it's a great film, I can't say that like I'm gonna go out and pre-order any like box set or anything or DVD release of it. You know, I'm not going to be looking out for it. If it's in the shop, I'll probably get it if it's cheap enough. But I think <laughs> if it's on offer, yeah, if it's if it's on offer. But I don't know. It's one of those films that now that I've seen it, I don't really know what the rewatch value really is. I think if what? you rewatch Whoa. films like this, it's more for the Easter eggs and then missed, like. In the cinema, I missed quite a bit of the quite a few jokes because people were laughing from a previous joke. Especially the guy next to me whose laugh was so fucking loud. Calm down. He was just doing my nothing. I have the best rewatch value ever. Groot dancing in a fucking plant pot. I would watch that forever. <laughs> just have it That's on what YouTube's for. It's not on YouTube yet. I've tried. Yet. <laughs> yet. Give it time. <laughs> uh, no, I'd quite happily get that film. Uh, again, I wouldn't pre-order anything, but uh, I'd get it. 
I'd, I'd watch it again. I'd be quite happy watching it again. It'll be one of them things where you have like a, a superhero day and it'll just be plopped in with them. Yeah. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if I'm the only one that has superhero days, so I should probably shut up now. Every day for me is superhero. <laughs> Why do day? I just get this <laughs> mental image of you kind of wearing your pajamas and uh, like a little red cape? No, his bedsheet. Pajamas. It's actually not far off. I, I, I wear my Superman onesie, <laughs> put my <laughs> Superman socks on, and just sit there and watch every every superhero film my own. And insight to Tom's life, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. And he's the one with a girlfriend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Don't ask me how. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me how it happened, guys, but it happened. <laughs> right, well, yeah. I think that's it, really, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think that, that's it. And so f- for the time being, until whenever we get round to recording next, I've been Dan. I've been Alex. And I'm Tom. So I was laughing at Dan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've been Dan. I've been. <laughs> He's been Dan. There we go, I said it for you. All right. Sorry. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>